0: When it comes to your mental health, there are things that you can do to improve yours that don't involve any medication. Once again, I'm not a doctor, so don't take this as medical advice, and always talk to your doctor before you listen to anyone on the internet. Now the good news about these interventions is that they are the exact same things that I would recommend to any person if they wanted to improve any part of their health. And so first is looking at exercise. There are some studies that have shown physical exercise to be just as, if not more effective at treating anxiety and depression as some medications, with none of the negative side effects. When you're looking at starting exercise, there are a number of modalities that you could choose, but I would highly recommend focusing on strength training to give you the biggest bang for your buck. First of all, strength training has a positive effect on hormones. It's going to help balance out your hormones, which is what we're working on with mental health. Secondly, especially if you're new to strength training, your body will begin to adapt quickly, and so seeing your strength go up in the gym can be a very positive experience leading to more of those feel-good moments. Next, strength training requires you to be very focused on what you're doing. You will never be more present in your life than when you are trying to deadlift double your body weight. In those 10 to 20 seconds of your life, nothing else matters. And so strength training gives your brain something else to focus on, breaking the cycle of negative thoughts, even if just for a moment. The same can't be said for walking or running. That's not to say that those are bad, but they are repetitive and they may not be the best form of exercise when we're looking at improving our mental health. Another reason why resistance training is great is because it allows you to burn off excess energy. For the average person, when throughout your day do you exert yourself in a meaningful way. For most people, their days are sedentary and they never use the built-up energy that they have, and this allows their mind to race and to wander to all sorts of places. By going and stressing your muscles, by pushing yourself to the limits occasionally, And by giving your central nervous system a bit of a workout, you can drain some of that energy and settle down your brain and your body. Now, maybe you're not ready for resistance training. Another modality that could be beneficial is something like Pilates. During Pilates, you're focusing on keeping your core engaged while breathing properly. If you're dealing with high levels of stress outside the gym, maybe crushing yourself with heavy weights isn't what your body needs. Sometimes slowing down and focusing on your breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth is what's best. And just as an aside, since I'm talking about nose breathing, something I tell my clients and students is to try and nose breathe as much as possible. It comes back to one of those subtle signals that you're sending your body. If your body is functioning properly, the primary time that you'll mouth breathe is when something is going wrong. You've run away from something, you've exerted yourself, you're having a panic attack, etc. Mouth breathing isn't wrong, but no one is running away from a knife-wielding maniac and nose breathing. However, when you're able to nose breathe, it tells your body that you and your environment are under control. It allows your body to rest because it's not trying to figure out where the danger is. And so by taking big, deep nose breaths, you allow your body to stay calm. Nutrition can also play a major role in your mental health. I was listening to an interview with Michaela Peterson, the daughter of Dr. Jordan Peterson, who outlined how she was having major issues with her health, both physical and mental. She then began a strict elimination diet and began to eat only meat. Within a short period of time, all of her problems went away. She shared a story about how after her problems had left, she had had a meal that had some soy in it, and that night she started to have all the same mental problems that she had previously. And So while I'm not suggesting to go and eat only meat forever, it does go to show that what we eat can have a tremendous influence on our mental health. When I view the body, I see it as very symmetrical. Most of what we have on the left side of our body, we have on the right side of our body except for a few organs. And what I've also noticed is that what we have on the top half, we tend to have something similar on the bottom half. And so think about something else in your body that looks similar to your brain. And if you said your intestines, you'd be correct. Now, this isn't a new phenomenon. In fact, your gut has been called your second brain for decades by integrative health practitioners. And we can tell how closely related they are because when you start to feel nervous, where do you feel it? You feel it in your guts. That anxiety that you feel in your brain, you begin to feel it in your stomach, in your lower intestines. And so it makes sense to think, what we put into our body, what goes through our second brain, is going to affect what happens in our first brain. And when we look at the way that most people treat their body, it's the equivalent of putting canola oil into your car engine instead of motor oil. While both are technically oil, they are far from the same, and one will damage your car. And the same is with food. While highly palatable, highly processed foods do contain calories, they are going to wreck your body over time. While a strict elimination diet might be something you could try, you could also just focus on eating mostly unprocessed fruits, proteins and vegetables. Try cutting out processed foods for a month and see if you notice a difference in your mental health. You could also do blood tests to see if your body is lacking any key nutrients. Sometimes simply filling those voids can be enough to get people out of the rut they feel stuck in. Finally, ensuring that you're getting good quality sleep is crucial. I can't think of how many times my entire outlook on life has changed simply by getting a good sleep. For some it might take longer than a short nap, but sleep can help to balance out hormones and bring things back to equilibrium. Most people have some sort of a morning routine where they wake up at a certain time and perform a variety of tasks, however they lack the same routine and structure at night. So I would suggest try starting a nighttime routine. Have a certain time that you go to bed. Have a variety of tasks that you perform before that time. And see if you can stick to a set schedule for a week. And again, see if you notice any changes in your mental health. Something that I've noticed personally is the things that I consume before bed can drastically impact my sleep. I need to be very careful not to read anything political or about how the world seems to be falling apart right before bed. While I can often handle those things during the day, at night when my logical mind has already settled in for the night, I can start to worry and it can affect how I sleep. So whether you're dealing with a serious mental illness or simply wanting to fine tune things, those are three areas to look at to help improve your mental health.